Yo, what is up all you primetime players, all you primetime fans, and all you newcomers that's just coming on to the podcast. And shout out to the 2K community, the uh, the NBA 2K League community, and also the Pro-Am side, however you want to uh, solidify yourself in. But shout out to the community because you guys have been doing great for these interviews, and we have another banger interview for you. We have Chris in the building, who is currently the Mavs. Uh, assistant coach and office of coordinator for the Mavs Gaming. Chris, say what's up to the people. Tell them how you doing today on this wonderful Saturday. What's up, guys? Uh, really, you know, good to sit here with Primetime and, and talk shop, man. Uh, Primetime's blowing up. I see him on the timeline all the time these days. I'm, I'm proud. It's my analyst right there with over at Napex. Great things. Uh, yeah, man, good to, good to you know, Good to be on here. Good to be able to socialize the community. I think this is my first interview since uh, I joined the Mavs at the start of this year. So uh, excited to you know get into it and get after it. All right, man. And that's definitely get after it. So one for starters, I want to thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I want to uh, thank you for uh, reaching out to me uh, for the for this interview, man. Um, you, you're one of the great ones. I th- I thought it was gonna be you. Uh, you were gonna be out. Uh, you were gonna be very busy, especially with the draft. So I didn't. I didn't want to reach out to any other coaches because I know you guys are all focused on the draft and fo- focused on looking at uh, pro am and looking at film and conducting interviews and stuff like that. So thank you for uh, coming out of your schedule, which is uh, which you guys are cranking and creating, cranking up because the draft is coming up on uh, February the twenty sixth. Uh, the NBA 2K League draft is coming February the 26th, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, so, once again, thank you for coming out of your schedule to conduct this interview. But uh, I want to first start off by saying, how was your 2K beginnings? Like, how was you as a player? How was you as a coach? And then we're going to eventually get to Lakewood. But what made you start getting into basketball in 2K? Yeah, so I was, a, I was a high school basketball player. Um, I played three sports. I played high school basketball, baseball, and football. I was pretty good at all three, um, had some success on the court, um, earned a scholarship to go play uh, Division One baseball. Um, and when I w- went to go play Division One baseball, my senior year of high school, um, I blew up my arm. I got what's called Tommy John surgery in, in, in baseball. Oh, no. So so I'm like, man, that this this sucks. I mean, it did suck. Um, and so I'm in a sling for six weeks, and I can't do anything. My, my arm's stuck in like an L. And... Um, my, uh, so I'm just, you know, I'm on the game. I'm playing 2K. I always play video games. You know, after I come into college, I was like, you know what? I got some free time now. You're not going as hard as I, as I, as I was, um, playing some video games, you know, just normal stuff. Like, you know, normal kids play COD, play Madden, 2K, all that kind of stuff. And it was 2K 16 was my first 2K. And I was in the park, you know, dribbling around 2K 17, uh, probably started to make a really big name for itself. Um, uh, so honestly, it was a complete accident. I'm walking around the city, and I'm like, "What is this building?" I walk in, and uh, I'm like, "Oh man, pro am team. All right, what is that?" Blah blah blah. Do some research. I'm like, "Oh, all right." Get my IRLs together, put together a team. And uh, 2K17 was kind of my beginnings. I I wanted to stay competitive, man. I love competition. I mean, it's what drives me. And uh, I couldn't throw a baseball. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even go to the gym. Sitting at home in a sling. Just like, man, how do I stay competitive? And Pro-Am was the thing that kept me going, kept me uh, competitive, kept me uh, working hard. And uh, that's, you know, kind of how I got into the community. That way it was just uh, a way for me to sit at home and be competitive with yeah. 2K Pro-Am and 2K17. So yeah. um, I think we were number one in the world, like on the, on the leaderboard. They used to have the leaderboards back then in ranked play. 
back when Ranked used to work. Um, <laughs> and we would grind the game, man, be number one for the week, number one for the month. Uh, it, was a, it was a good, pretty good squad we had there. And then comp-wise, um, I'd say, you know, I played a little bit of comp. 2K17 wasn't that good. You know, made a couple of Sweet 16s, nothing crazy. Like, well, the community was kind of small back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, went off to college, healed up, you know, played my college baseball. My junior year, COVID hits. And I'm like, man, uh, I got to find a way to stay competitive again. Yeah. Go back to the sticks. Go back to the sticks. Uh, 2K19, 2K20 was the was the 2K then. Uh, that BP build was out. Made myself a BP. Got into a draft league. Um, kind of went off in that draft league. Had a really good time. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm ready for comp again. Got back into the comp community. Reached out to some of my old guys. And uh, yeah, man, started playing, you know, your basic WRs, MPBAs, uh, prestige area, like arena, sorry, all these all these types of things. And, you know, it was pretty good. Um, once again, got to Elite Eight, started losing to the Island Gangs and Space Jams and Breakouts and, you know, the, the usuals that everyone loses to in the Elite Eights. Yeah, and then, uh, especially around that time, too. It was just hard to beat those teams. Yeah, and so then I uh, was like, "Hey, you know what? I might, uh, I might have to stop losing these guys and try something else." So, uh, yeah, I went to school for you know engineering, uh, computer science, physics, all that kind of stuff. So I said, "I got a kind of a radical approach to things. Let me try it out in two K." And, and here I am. Just glad that it worked out. All right. Uh, so, what? How did Liquid come about? How did you become a, a Liquid CEO? How did you even join Liquid? How? How did Liquid 2K become Liquid 2K and that how we see it today? Yeah, so uh, a pretty uh, wild story. I just um, started a company my junior year. I was working for a bunch of, uh, if you guys have seen the, money, move, the, the movie Moneyball, that's what I did full-time for a very long time. Um, from when I was 19 to when I was 21, I was consulting for uh, MLB teams through third parties. So I was doing all this data stuff. Uh, I was, you know, working in, de- in baseball, doing all this uh, data analysis, uh, seeing this kind of new paradigm in sports that numbers are kind of the biggest uh, factors in how we determine things, right? And uh, after two years of doing that, I was 21, I said, uh, you know what, I've been doing this a while, I kind of got a knack for it, I kind of got the hang of it. So I started my startup um, called Liquid, it was then called Liquid Biomechanics, now it's called the Liquid Sports Lab which was a radical new approach to training athletes. It was using uh, computational biomechanics and numbers to be able to uh, train athletes in the best way possible. And so I started that in, December, in November 2020. And, uh, you know, November 2020 started that, primarily working with uh, rotational athletes. Um, and fast forward to uh, kind of January 2021, February 2021, um, I was in a boardroom meeting with a possible investor, and uh, he's sitting there, just leaned back in his chair, and he's like, man, everyone wants to do biotech, man. Do biotech in a field that someone's never done it in before. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, this thing called esports? I'm like, I mean, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to tell him, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm playing comp at WR right now. I got an Elite Eight after I go home after this meeting, man. <laughs> uh, but... So you hear this thing called esports? Like it gets bigger every year. The market grows by thirty-one percent every single year. And uh, if you can get a piece of the pie there, man, I think you'd really be honest something. So I went, all right. Um, went home that night, played my elite eight, probably lost, probably lost to Space Jam or Island Gang again. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, after that point, I said, you know what? I think I think he's right. I think we, I can really do something special here using my experiences in biotech and my experiences in pro am. And I kind of just put them together. And that night, Liquid Pro am was born. Uh, didn't have a five, didn't have anything, and uh, just you know incorporated it under uh, liquid biomechanics and was like, all right, man, now we got an idea. Let's go, let's go, let's go do it. All 
right. So it was kind of the beginnings there. All right. So you bring this idea back to to the guy, the the what, the your boss or some something like that at the time. So I actually own, I own the company. Uh, we were we were going through what's called Series A investing. So we ended up right raising uh, 1.8 million um, in Series A, not for Liquid Pro M at all. It was all for the company at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's an investor, and he was just like, I just got this crazy idea as an older guy. He's like, I don't know how to get into esports, but I think you should do it. And I said, I might know how to get into esports. I know some guys. Okay. And um, so the, uh, yeah, I kind of did that, um, and then you know went back to him. I said, this is what I want to do. He said, all right. Didn't give me any money. He said, go win something first, then we'll talk. Um, and six months later, we won the Unified Pro-Am Championship. So then we talked after that. So, uh, <laughs> so there, yeah. you, there you go. So if only yeah. that investor had uh, threw in some money then instead of waiting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, his his uh, shortcomings, your blessings right there. Uh, so now that how how was the uh unified pro am uh world championship the last one the one that you won not not this one yeah. in vegas but the one that you actually won how was that i was going to say the one in vegas wasn't fun for liquid i mean i wasn't coaching the one in vegas i was uh, i was just a spectator i was already under contract with mavs gaming so i uh you know had to had to you know put my put my cap on put my sunglasses on and watch them from afar mm-hmm. uh, and you know i wish i wish the result was a little bit better for them but they competed and they showed you know that they all deserved a spot in the league so i'm very proud of them in vegas in dallas yeah it was crazy um i remember the guys spam johnny uh you know uh, zay peroxide dietrich man they uh they dominated all post draft and people were like man but can spam johnny and zay there's some young kids man can they do on the big stage and i was like well, i mean they've been doing it all year I don't see why they can't. So uh, yeah, they went in and they they dominated. They showed their worth, man. And look look at them now, right? They're I mean, Spam's gonna be a you know a, a first round pick someday. Uh, I'm sure you know these guys, Johnny and Zay, are probably gonna be a first round pick in this upcoming draft. Um, and so that being said, man, like those guys like crushed it, and uh, I'm so proud of them. They use it as a catalyst and a jumping off point for the for the rest of their careers. So kind of uh, you know proud of them. Um, really proud of what we did and. Uh, and yeah, man, it was uh, it was really something special there in Dallas to win up there on the stage. Uh, there's no feeling like it, man. No feeling like it. That's I promise you that. <laughs> no feeling like watching ten seconds left, up by six on GNA, knowing that you just secured the bag, knowing everyone in the crowd going nuts, man. That that just gets me going, man. There's no feeling in the world like that. There's no substitute for winning, man. It's it, it, it's crazy. And you always uh, hold that you were the first uh, unified uh, world champ, so that's that's great. Um, so. How was the you you kind of touched on it for uh for Liquid on the Vegas trip? How was your Vegas trip like? How was your experience there? Like, what did you see? How how was the Vegas uh esports arena and stuff like that? What all did you do? How was your Vegas trip for Unify? Yeah, no, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was my first it was my first public appearance um for Mavs Gaming. Um, and uh, it's it, it's really funny because when you have the first overall pick and you're in Vegas at this event, you're the most popular guy in Vegas. Um, so you know it was great going over there, uh, putting some faces to some to gamer tags. Usually it's faces to names, but faces to gamer tags. Uh, just watching guys. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys are playing on delay, so just watching guys just respond to adversity the right way. Uh, uh, you know, watching, getting to network with some of the coaches. Um, you know, like seeing these guys on Twitter for years. You know, the famouses and the Kurtz and the Lens and all those types of guys who you see with the check mark next to their name. Um, getting to put some, uh, you know, faces to those names. Um, it was amazing. I think it was great for the community. 
Um, I think it was great for us and and, in the 2K League. Uh, I think every coach loved the atmosphere, loved the ability um, to, you know, kind of come together and uh, as a community and showcase what we have to offer. And uh, more than anything, I mean, like watching the prospects go out on the stage, man, like, you know, there's nothing, nothing like there's no simulation for who can do it when the bread's on the line. You know what I mean? So being able to watch that and take the, some some take home some of the information and gameplay that we got from there, um, it's it's special, man. And uh, man, no look, man. They're averaging like 80 a game. So uh, mm-hmm. watching the 2K League guys doing the 2K League, I think everyone saw the difference between retail and the league there. Um, it's especially evident when you know can they do it, but can they do it for the money? Um, I mean, those guys on no look have been doing it for the money for a long time. So. Um, Definitely, definitely a great experience all the way around. So, uh, no complaints for me. All right. And uh, one last thing about uh, Unified uh, Program: like, where do you, where do you see the next event going? And so we did Dallas, we did Vegas. Um, you know what? I uh, I used to be the COO of ADBA of uh, lab, the Lab TV and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was about a couple months ago. Uh, so I'm not on the in anymore, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe New York City, uh, New York City, Atlanta. Um, I think um, there's some brand new esports venue. I can't remember where it's being built, but um, I have no idea. Um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, they can partner up with the 2K League. Maybe, maybe you know, the next one, depending on when that what Wizards facility actually gets done, maybe we'll have it in, you know, the district. Who knows? Yeah. So um, yeah, I think uh, man, is it? There's a multitude of options where they could have it. Personally, I'd love to see it in New York City because I think one thing we do need is more fans. Um, in New York City, you just get a, you know buy a billboard and say you know the Unified Pro Am World Championship of 2K, and people are just gonna walk in off the street and go, "All right, let's let's take a look," you know. So yeah, that's a hey, marketing right there, <laughs> Chris. <Yeah. laughs> there you go, the king of marketing right there. Oh um, yeah. Shoot, New York would be a great uh, place to see. I'm also thinking like L.A., uh, but then some rumblings is uh, L.A., New York, and Miami. But then people also have to think in what's the COVID restrictions and then where's the esports arena at. And from my knowledge. I think New York would be hilarious because I know Lab. I'm, Lab's a close personal friend of mine. I, I know Lab would like buy out a billboard in Times Square and be like, 2K tournament. You're like. Lab, how much money you spend on this, man? He's like, don't worry about it. Like, I got you guys. Like, you know, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> if Lab would get a, a Times Square billboard. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. He would, it, but he would most definitely do it. He That's would the thing. try and do it, too. Like, yeah. he, he would try it for they go that one. I, and Lab is the type of person that he he's just so determined and. Yeah, I, I if anybody can get it done in this community, I definitely think Lab can get it done first and foremost. But then another person I think can get it done is Dot Dot from Five Six. He's also to get it done. That's another story. Yeah. Um, the the Mavs, you're the assistant coach from uh from Mavs Gaming and the office of coordinator. So with that job title, how was I you we so we were. So uh, during that time when they they announced the 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 job opening, right? We were still with Nat Napex and still in the Napex mm-hmm. chest. And I remember you t- saying how you're about to go apply to the job. Don't mention it, like because you were like you don't want it to get out to say that oh I'm applying for the job. You you were kind of still a little nervous about it. But what led you uh, applying for the job, and then what led you thinking like, okay, this is my season now. I want to be a coach or assistant coach or something like that. 
So that's the thing is, uh, I, I, everyone who's seen me coach on stage, which was in Dallas, uh, before you know I even had a chance to be in the 2K League, uh, sees me uh, up there. I have a very un- non-traditional way of coaching. Most coaches just sit back there, like you know, like hands behind their back. I have like a computer, another computer, like a like a headset. Uh, my my assistant in my headset telling me stuff. My analyst on the phone telling me stuff. Two screens just go in looking at data like in real time. Um, and so we were in Arlington, right, which is just a 45-minute trip down the road from Dallas. And uh, I wasn't even going for a 2K League job. And uh, LT actually reaches out to me and he goes, uh, hey, I think uh, I think you should apply for this. And uh, I see, you know, there's a, a job opening, assistant coach, you know, Dallas Mavericks. And I was like, okay, um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not really giving it much thought, but yeah, I'll do it. Um, so I applied there. I get my first round interview with LT. My second round interview in our front office, third round interview with like the head honcho, um, and then fourth round interview, they flew me all the way out to Dallas to give a, wait, like, a wait, live wait, demo. Wait, 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 wait. You said the third round was the head honcho. So the head honcho yeah. being LT or the head honcho being somebody else? Who, who was No, that? somebody else. Our, our senior vice president of the, of the Mavericks. His name is Greg Naird. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Super awesome guy, man. For, uh, former executive at Nike, close friends with Michael Jordan, like just some <laughs> one of the one of the guys in the basketball world that just like takes over, you know. So, yeah. uh, so I'm I'm in a room alone with Greg Naird and uh, like just me and him, and I'm like, what? Like, oh my god! Like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I gotta get going, man. I gotta get going. I gotta start impressing this man. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so definitely a, a really cool experience. And then, uh, yeah, just I have, they flew me out here. I think it was between me or, and another candidate. And was lucky enough to give a good enough presentation where they were like, Chris is our guy, man. So I think LT and I uh, are the perfect compliments for each other, man. I, LT is uh, he's a master at uh, just understanding player emotions. And there's politics of everything. And that being said, there's politics in the league. And LT has been has all the experiences going on his fourth year now. He knows how to navigate those uh you know, those politics. And for me, I'm the numbers guy. Like, I love my numbers. And, uh, and, uh, Chris, Chris, I hope it's not mine. No, I'm good. Okay. Hold on. Let me see. All right, uh, so we had a little technical difficulties, but uh, Chris, you were just talking about your third round interview. Um, so how was that? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I get into a room and it's uh, you know senior vice president of the whole of, of the entire Dallas Mavericks, and it's Greg Naird, fi- former executive at Nike. Uh, you know, just a huge name in the basketball community has his own book out. Um, I think on the book's cover is a little foreword by Michael Jordan, which is like that's Mike, man. We're all trying to be like Mike, right? And uh, and so, yeah, just, you know, uh, I'm sitting there for a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I got to impress this guy. And then uh, going through it, uh, you know, was lucky enough to get a board of approval by him and then moved on to the fourth round, which is I flew out to Dallas here. Lucky enough to give a good presentation that fourth round and uh, finalized things up there and started January 3rd. So, uh, yeah, definitely a great system of support here in Dallas. Definitely a, a bunch of guys that want to win. And I think that's what set Dallas apart more than anything else. They had a very clear roadmap of what they wanted uh, versus what they didn't want. And uh, to be completely honest with you, and I'm, you know, I'm not here to name names or anything, but I turned down some, uh, you know, some head coaching opportunities um, uh, just to, uh, just to be able to come here to Dallas. Cause I really do think they're building something special. And I really do think that uh, I, you know, me and LT are the perfect compliments for each other to, uh, 
to where he could navigate uh, the waters of being in the 2K League for four seasons. I can kind of learn from him in that aspect, and I can do what I do best, which is uh, be able to communicate with the players and read into the data and uh, formulate the most objective representation of ourselves to make sure that we're you know getting better every single day. Uh, so you say you turned down some head coaching opportunities uh, straight up. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what, what teams, but I'm more interested mm-hmm. of why do you have that feeling of I don't want to be a head coach right now. I just want to learn because that's very rare for a person that's in your, your position. You're just coming off this retail high, this retail grade. You're you're one of the hottest uh, head coaches on the, on the pro-am com, uh, community side or the pro-am comp side. And you didn't want to go to a head coach's spot. You just wanted to learn. Uh, yeah. Assistant coach. Yeah. So I wouldn't even necessarily say I wanted to be an assistant coach. I wanted to learn. That, that that's that's a perfect way of putting your prime time. Um, legitimately, I just um, I went to these interviews. I didn't know what to expect, right? And um, some of these interviews, they were like, "Hey, man, we need a guy that can come in and fix everything." And I was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. What? What specifically? And they're like, oh, like, you know, just everything kind of. Like, it was kind of, you know, vague. And and that's okay. I just wanted a clear direction. I wanted to be able to look back on this year and say, I achieved my goals. The organization needed X, Y, and Z out of me. And I was able to achieve X, Y, and Z for them and, and achieve ABC for me. Um, one thing, I'll be uh, completely transparent with you. One thing was... Uh, you know, financial burden. Um, are they really spending the money on esports that uh, can really put them in a great position to succeed? Because, you know, there's an old saying, it takes money to make money. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dallas has always done that. Whether I'm here or whether I'm not here, Dallas will always do that. They'll always buy into esports. Um, so that was a big, uh, you know, uh, reasoning behind what I wanted to do. And then, and then two, I don't want to just be, you know, there's an, old, like, there's an old way of looking at the 2K League where it's like, there are certain situations where guys would rather take a year off than come in and be unretained because it almost makes them damaged goods, right? My goal, to be completely honest, is to be the greatest coach in 2K League history, and I think I can do that. And I wouldn't take this job if I didn't think I could do that. But in order to do that, you have to understand the inner workings of something. And for me to truly take a step back and understand the inner workings of something, um, you need a team. Mm-hmm. Where I, There are areas that I'm deficient in. Um, I'm a human being. And I think LT fills those areas extremely well, where you know I don't know the politics of 2K League because I don't have any 2K League experience. You know, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know how to navigate some of these murky waters. LT does. That's what he specializes in. And for me to be able to learn from him in that aspect was uh, invaluable to me. Um, while also being able to provide some of the areas that maybe they, the Mavericks haven't used before with, uh, you know, super specialized analytics and, uh, and percentage ratios and, you know, PIE and all this kind of stuff that very few teams use. Um, I think it was just a mutually beneficial relationship where they got what they wanted out of me, like kind of this progressive numbers orientated futuristic um coach and i got what i wanted out of them which was a um a slightly lower stakes environment where i got to learn uh, for a year uh, and hopefully the goal is to be a head coach next year once i can fully understand what it takes to be a head coach i think i can bring um kind of the best head coach in nba 2k league history to an organization i think i can build an organization from the ground up um, at the at the end of the day, I want people, you know, when my career is over, I want my legacy to be like Phil Jackson, um, where he just came into an organization, he changed the culture, and he, you know, he did right by his players, and he went out and won a couple of championships. And if I have to, you know, take a year to kind of understand the inner workings and how to do that, um, I'm okay with that. 
and uh, expansion team. You don't exactly exist yet, but you know, I hope I'm the. I you know, like you said, I was the I was a very sought after candidate this year in terms of the coaching scene for the 2K League, and I hope I'm the most sought after candidate next year in terms of head coaching for the 2K League scene. So, um, being able to learn from a guy like LT is really the biggest thing of why I wanted to be here in Dallas. Yeah, and you mentioned expansion team, so I have to say it is. The Houston Rockets and New Orleans Pelicans can just get an NBA 2K League team. Yeah. I'm right there. I am so <laughs> right there. And you, you mentioned expansion team, so I had, yeah. I wasn't gonna mention it because somebody pointed out to me like you always push the Pelicans and Rockets agenda. I'm like because that New Orleans is my hometown. Houston is the place I used to live, so I gotta push their agenda because they're not in the league yet, and it's killing me. But anyway, hey man, Dallas <laughs> is the only team in Texas right now. We're the only goddamn Texas team right now. So and it Houston, makes, come on, join us. In Houston, I don't know how how money how their money works, how their ownership works. Or I'm not in the inner loops or stuff like that. But if if you're telling me like if I look at the if I look at the Houston Rockets, who's always been the, the front running of something like they always been like advanced in some type of way. If if I'm looking at the Rockets, I'm like the Rockets should have definitely been in the league by now. Pelicans, I can understand why they're so slow <laughs> because the Pelicans. I lived in the city so much. I understand this franchise. I can understand. I, I seen the people um, that yeah. I, I can't bash the Pelicans because I'm talking about a possible job, but I I understand why the Pelicans might be a little bit uh, slow. But that being said, um. As the offensive coordinator, what kind of sets out of basketball sets or just creativity you want to bring to the to the Mavericks uh, team? Because uh, a four out one in pick and roll for the two K league has just become so dull and so boring, and you're just reading reading people and hoping somebody makes a mistake. Like, uh, what do do we expect I'm not I don't want you to give up your whole game plan but can yeah. I expect something different from the maps when it comes Well to- yeah I, I mean I think everyone's seen the liquid offense where like you know like sometimes Glizzy goes out there and scores 60 you know like they <laughs> push the transition push the pace this is the thing and I want all my players to know this um we don't exist to and this is I'm a new coach so I don't exist to push my agenda if I get a, uh, a pace pusher, a, a stage-type guard, eight-second offense guard, like, we're going to run eight-second offense. Um, you know, if I, if I get a, a pace guard, you know, 85 pace or lower, really controls the game, possessional guard, um, takes, you know, very warranted shots, doesn't over-dribble, that kind of stuff, we're going to run a, a, a no-turnover half-court set offense and protect our possessions. Uh, I exist for one reason and one reason only as a coach, and that's to maximize the return on my players. Um, I, like I said, the dynamic offense of Liquid, and people always think, oh, the Liquid offense. Chris has got to say, great, Liquid offense. And uh, First of all, I appreciate it. I, I think we do. But it doesn't exist in a static fashion. I don't, you know, it's not a puzzle. We don't take a puzzle piece and jam it in there. It's if you fit the mold that we're trying to build, you are going to get the most out of the offense. And if you don't fit the mold, that's okay. We're going to change the puzzle. We're going to, you know, change something around so we can be dynamic. Like, so we can, you know, we don't exist in this one, like, if you don't fit in this container, you can't play for the Mavericks. No, we exist to m- enable our players to be the best versions of themselves possible. So, yeah, whatever, whatever, whom, whomever we get, and whomever we get here in Dallas, you know, February 26th, 
I'm going to be, you know, February 27th, I'm going to be up all night with my, I got like five whiteboards in my office, um, or, you know, drawing up plays to be able to get the most out of that, those two guys. Um, for all the guys that, you know, don't think, oh, you know, this system, that system, no. Like, like I want my shooting guard and my point guard this year to be all-stars. That's my goal. I really think no matter who I get, I can bring the best out of them. And if you want a coach that's going to get the best out of you, I, you should strongly consider, um, you know, coming to play for Dallas, but that's, that's how I run the liquid offense, man. It's like, that's the beauty of numbers. Is it just, it, it's impossible to lie. It's impossible to lie to your players. You know, in the league, some guys are like, oh, you, you know, I'm, I'm the greatest point guard that lives. I'm like, no, but I'm going to look at the numbers right now. It says you're not. So how do we get you to the point that you're the greatest point guard that lives? You know, I'm the greatest shooting guard that lives. I'm looking at the numbers. It says you're not. Yeah. So how do we get you to that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a basis and a standard for how to get better. And so that being said, um, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of secrets that I'm giving away, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets because you guys can look at our offenses um, over the years and you can see we want a certain way with spam. We want a WR with spam at point guard. And spam and seldom are two very different point guards. Yeah. And we want a WR with both. At the end of the day, the goal is to win. Whether it's with seldom or spam or whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, Xbox lover 5961. If we draft him this year, the goal is still to win. And we're going to bring out the best of him um, here with the offensive sets we have going here in Dallas. All right. Uh, and then you bringing this up, um, Liquid. What what is mm-hmm. what can we expect from Liquid now that you're with the Mavs GC? So your your focus is with Mavs GC for now. But what what can we expect from Liquid? Like who who is taking over Liquid? Either like. I don't know if you stepped down as the CEO. I don't think you would, but uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you stepped down as CEO or if somebody else is just wearing a hat while you're away. Like who stepped up? Uh, who's stepping up in all the positions that you you have have to take a uh, have to take a step back from while you're with with the Mavs? Yeah, so we're still building out. So this is the thing, is and I've got a lot of DMs about this. So I'm glad you asked about it. Um, I still own Liquid. That's the nice part about the thing is like uh, guys are like, oh, it's an organization. I'm like, yes, it's an organization, but like I still own my own company. You know what I mean? It's it's incorporated under my company. Like this is a business. Um, and so that being said, I'm still the CEO of Liquid, both the, both the Sports Lab and Liquid Pro. And I am still the main decision maker of Liquid. So when we make like these, how many teams are we going to have? Uh, who do we want doing this? Who do we want doing that? I make every single decision that is associated with Liquid. The things I can't do, I'm in the 2K League. So I am not allowed by 2K League rules to have um, like interpersonal relationships, uh, like a day-to-day conversation with, with prospects. Um, it's just against 2K League guidelines, against 2K League rules. I you know, plan on following to the, the utmost uh, you know, uh, possibility. But so uh, Manny Martin, who is at CC Hoops 246 he was our chief operating officer at liquid he is not nothing is changing from a structural perspective he's just handling the day to day so you know the day to day the questions the dms the answers all that kind of stuff we've built out a phenomenal support staff at liquid uh, i think we're we have 8 teams that we're you know trying to engineer here for post draft every single one of them has a coach manny is the uh, gm of all those teams and he is handling the day-to-day operations. So the all the organizational thinking the structure the company side i completely handle that the day-to-day operations, I can still handle it. Uh, like I said, I always encourage people, if they're confused, just send me a DM, send me a text, send me a call if you have my number, 
And if I can't answer it, I'll just say, hey, man, I can't answer that um, due to 2K League guidelines. I don't love it either, but that's the just the unfortunate reality of the situation. Um, and I will always find someone for you that can answer a question. If it's, hey, I want to play on this team, I'll connect you with that coach. If it's, hey, I, I have a you know a day-to-day question, connect you with Manny. And if it's something I can't answer, I'd love to answer it. You know, So uh, just being completely transparent with the community, as I always have been, um, if you don't know, shoot me a DM. If I can't answer it, I will. And if not, I'll uh, send send it over to someone else. But the uh, the long story is, I still run Liquid. I'm still the CEO of Liquid. Still plan on running Liquid for a very very long time. I just um, you know I can't handle the day to day operations due to some 2K League rules. So Manny Martin is taking over, and I think he does a fantastic job. I trust him to the the fullest, and uh, I'm really excited to seeing what we have uh, you know cooked up for post draft. I think we've built a very high level of excellence. And I, uh, I, I am very, very, very intrigued and interested to see if we can keep it there. All right, uh, definitely gonna keep up with uh, with Liquid, uh, Liquid, everything that deals with Liquid and Liquid Pro, and keep up with them uh, this post draft and heading into this pre draft. Um, because what you built over there is is a winning culture, is a is a uh, winning organization. And you have pro- proven that over with the WR wins, with the Unified wins, with all the uh pre, uh, with all the retail comp wins, and all the players that you have in and out of Liquid. Like you guys, you you have built a winning culture over there, and I think you're gonna uh definitely help the Mavs build a winning culture. Uh, and how whenever you're ready to be a head coach, I. I I think you're going to have that final piece together and build a winning program. So I, I definitely can't wait to see the rest of your journey, uh, whether it's with the 2K League or if you decided, hey, I'm going to focus on more esports things. I think you are definitely one of the people that can definitely succeed and you definitely have that drive. So, Yeah, I got, I got to say Nick Cottrell, man. He's the youngest head coach in the league at 23. Nick, I'm the youngest coach in the league right now. I'm coming for that spot next year. I hope he knows that. Wherever you are, Nick, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but I'm coming for that title. Hey, I, you could definitely get it, guys. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say who who I think is um, going to – what spots are going to be open. Let's just yeah. say let's just say expansion teams might be on the horizon, but I cannot confirm or deny. So I'm just I this is my prediction, but I'm not gonna say like oh this coach is gonna be fired because I I am a no toxic no drama uh, space. If you want that toxicity and drama, go to champ. Don't come here. <laughs> don't come here for me. I don't want people in my uh at my mentions talking about some Scott said this, Scott said that, and screenshotted yeah. me because it's like, bro, eventually y'all just gonna make me mute everything. Uh, and to champ, when you make your next head coaching pyramid, uh, I'm 22 and I have no kids, so just remember that. All right, I expect B or higher. <laughs> Oh man, you you definitely should be a B, uh, A, or at. I can't put you with an S tier because you have to actually win the league. But yeah. right, let me coach your game first, right? That, that, then we'll talk about S tier. Huh? I said I gotta win a game first. Then we'll yeah, talk about yeah, S tier. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely gotta see you like win at least a tip off or, or like a a ticket or something. Like you gotta win a tour a league tournament before we can put you in A or S. But a B, I, I think you could definitely make a case for B. Um, so, when we already cover over uh, your beginnings, what's next with Liquid? Uh, what's 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 next for you and the maps coming up? Not not talking about the draft. 
Yeah. Or the or the trade because we're recording this after the trade part two where he where Chris actually talks about the trade. That's not coming out until Monday, uh, one p.m. East, uh, sometime after one p.m. Eastern time. It's it's already recorded. Like it's gonna be out there Monday at after he the the league can announce the trade. So we can't talk about the trade. Uh, but what's next for you when it comes down to heading into season five? Uh, first and foremost, I like to set very achievable goals. So um, first and foremost for the Mavs, and it's to get one of these in some in some in some way, get one of those <laughs> rings. Uh, but more than that, it's to retain three guys, and I think uh, one can lead to the other. Because we retain three guys, that means that we did our job. We set a base, we set a foundation, we set a culture here in Dallas, and. Uh, if you can do that, that's worth its weight in gold in the 2K League. Uh, this, con- this community struggles sometimes with accountability, with putting their hand up and saying, hey, that's on me, I got the next one. Uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, we got young guys in this community, we got, you know, immature guys in this community, that's fine, that's okay. But if you retain three guys, that means that you found three guys that can put their hands up and say, I did that, that's on me, let's talk about it. Let's get better and let's move on. And that's worth its weight in gold in this community. And if you have three guys that do it and you bring in two more guys next year, for example, you know, with with the draft, on average, teams bring in two guys a year, then they're going to hold those guys accountable as well. So my direct, like very, uh, like very doable goal is retain three players for next year. Uh, my medium, like l- 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 I want to do it this year is to, is to win, which I think is definitely possible, is to win one of these tournaments. And my... Always, that'll be my goal. Doesn't matter what picks I have. Doesn't matter how bad I'm down bad in terms of picks, trades, culture. No matter what, that is to win the 2K League Championship. And so, uh, that was kind of like my easy, medium, and hard, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to set them out. And I, you know, because even if I achieve the easy, that means we put the culture in place this year. That means we got something tangible out of out of 2022. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the goals moving forward. All right. Uh, and then a couple of. Like a couple of more questions, and then we uh, I'm not gonna take up more, more of your time. But uh, for for the guys that's on the retail uh, the retail side, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they are looking to build a uh, an esports org or an esports program or, or just an esports team. What would you tell them uh, to starting off? Like, how would you give them advice? Um. The first thing I did was we ran the liquid, uh, liquid. We had a tournament. We had a tournament for the to find the liquid team. The winner was a liquid team. We'd sponsor them all pre-draft. Um, and the first thing I'd say is uh, find a team. I think the biggest catalyst for my liquid career was uh, the ten thousand dollar tournament, the ten thousand dollar liquid tournament that was run by Lab Rats. We gave away ten thousand dollars. That shit is so much money. Back then, I know we're playing for fifty bands now, but ten thousand dollars last year? Oh my yes. god, man! Yes, and and, I, and, and you're just splitting it between what five people, so now everybody's walking away with two thousand. So yeah, I mean we got we got taxes, so everyone's oh. walking away with like sixteen hundred. But yeah. like yeah, like but so that's the thing is um do first of all like dream big, and I really say dream big because. No one would have thought that this stuff was possible. I had so many people tell me that this wasn't possible. Um, I had so many people tell me that I couldn't win with three 18-year-olds. I had so many people tell me that the numbers really don't matter. I had so many people tell me that coaching really doesn't matter. You can't coach retail. You can't do this. You can't do that. And uh, I'll, I'll tell all these aspiring guys to build organizations three things. First of all, build a team. 
build guys that believe believe in your vision as much as you do. Um, that dream as big as you do. Um, that want to get after it and win as bad as you do. That's the first and foremost thing. Secondly, don't hurt your brand in any way. Um, there's no point res responding to the negativity on the timeline. I've been a big believer in never responding to negativity on the timeline um, because I'll be honest, the more you win, the more negativity there will be. You could be Mother Teresa running a pro-am team, but if you win, people are going to be upset, and you know, rightly so. There's no point re responding to that negativity. And three, winning cures everything. Um, I, you know, you can't coach retail, you can't do this, I can't wait for Chris to... You know, to take credit for this, take credit for that. It doesn't matter. I mean, winning cures everything. Uh, if you want to shut someone up, don't respond to them on the timeline. It doesn't change their opinion. Win. That's what matters more than anything else. Nobody can ever disagree with success. Nobody can ever disagree with wins. And at the end of the day, if you're winning, you know you're doing something right. Um, whether, you know, you, you could win the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. You know, have a toxic culture and still win. But if you're winning... That is a primary indication that you're doing something right. Now, there might be stuff under the surface level that you have to address. Don't get me wrong. But that means you're making progress. That means like, hey, and by winning, I don't mean championships. I mean, if you start a team and you go 0 for 16, right, in, in a league, and then you go 1 for 50 in the next league, that's progress. You're winning. You're making progress. That means you're winning. Because then you're going to go 2 for 14, 3 for, you know, 3 for 13, and eventually you're going to go 16 or no. Never turn a blind eye to progress. Never turn a blind eye to winning. Don't respond to the negativity on the timeline. Always, you know, keep your brand in mind when you're engaging with people and build the team. You know, those, those, those four things, I promise you, you're going to have a winning culture. Those four things, I promise you're going to have a winning organization. Those four things, I promise you will go to bed at night being proud of what you built. Um, so that's my advice there. All right. And... One last thing, and then we're going to uh, get you out of here because I know you got uh, probably some interviews lined up or something like that. Or just you want to uh, enjoy this beautiful Saturday. Um, how would you include the women into, in the 2K community? How would, how would you want to include them more? I think there are some ridiculously talented women in this community that just need a platform in order to showcase themselves the right way. And what I mean by that is um, I, would, I didn't necessarily agree with some of the ways we went about including women in, in the 2K League last year because you can't put anyone, woman or man, you know, in, or woman, man, or, 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 you know, whatever. Like, you just cannot put people, you can't put people in situations to fail. And what I mean by that is we need to develop our women in, their, in, our, in our community uh, by making sure that they have a platform for success and what I, and i've said that before i said it just now but what i mean by that is you can't just draft women to draft women don't make them a token symbol they're that don't do that to them they're extremely talented individuals that deserve more than that um the last year with liquid we had a scrim team that would play the nba 2k league um where they played some 2k league teams we need to do the same thing with women this year we need to make a development system that they can be exposed to higher level competition um, because they are discriminated against in our community, right? If you got a woman on the team, you're not comp. But in all honesty, if you can put together a five and have them scrim 2K League teams, it doesn't matter if they lose. It doesn't matter if they lose by 60. They have that exposure to that competition so they can get better, yeah. so they can adapt. Yeah. And so in that being said, I think that's what the 2K League needs to do this year. Um, another an incredibly backward step that we took this year was the elimination of the, of the sixth man. 
if you want women to be represented in gaming, you have to allow for them to have these. The same way that I'm taking a backseat this year to be able to learn from someone that I feel has more experience than I do, we need to put our women in a position where they can do that. Um, you know, it's extremely hard to kind of, I wouldn't say infiltrate our league, but kind of get into a league that is, you know, that is predominantly kind of associated with men. Gaming as a whole is predominantly associated with men. And then you're And so with, being able to with, get... Oh, I'm sorry. But then you're also dealing with young men as well who's not that mature and just think that they could say any and everything on Twitter and then it's just not going to... Uh, not gonna have consequences later down the exactly line, but exactly but you, and it's so tough it's so tough for a woman to be able to, to to deal with that because you could be the greatest 2k player of all time people are always going to look at you as that woman gamer that you, you only got it because you're a woman no that's not the case so with the sixth man you had the ability to uh put them in leadership and learning roles where they could learn from some of the other players that have been, had a veteran presence for a couple of years and say, okay, I want to go about this in this way. But they also get the reps. You know, you get the reps, whether you're a man or a woman as a sixth man in the practice facility every single day, you get that same exposure to competition. So to answer your question, how do we get women more involved? It's exposure to the highest competition on a consistent level. If we can get women playing 2K League pros on a consistent level, we will have a woman in the 2K League that makes a uh, an absolute difference on our roster within the next three years. Because there, there, there are women that are just as talented as men are on the sticks. They just need an exposure opportunity and a platform to be able to build themselves up. That's all it is. All right. And with that being said, Chris, thank you for your uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for this wonderful interview. And uh, man, I cannot say enough. But uh, congratulations. Uh, good luck in the future, and you, you def, you, the Mavs game, you definitely got a fan out of me. So I can't, I can't wait to see what you guys have uh, going on next season. Definitely gonna be rooting you and Mavs giving on Chris. Yeah, no, you know, you know, it'll be me. You guys will know it'll be me when you're watching Twitch or ESPN or whatever we're on this year, because you'll see the guy run around the stage with all the computers. So uh, Scott, appreciate you, man. As always, doing big things. Um, shout out to the Napex family, man. Wouldn't be here without you guys and that platform. Yeah. Miss Prospect Nation, man. I miss that show. I think we oh, did yeah. a phenomenal job with that show. Yeah. in hundreds of viewers for Big West over there. So shout out everyone in the 2K community, man. Would not be here without you guys. Napex, Unified Pro-Am, my whole staff at Liquid. Um, like I said, guys, uh, if you want to build something special, build a team. Build a team, a guy that's going to elevate you. Um, and I've been very, very lucky and very blessed to be around a bunch of individuals like Scott here that elevated me. So uh, looking forward to what we have cooked up for you this season, guys. Uh, Mavs by a million, man. Mavs by a million this whole year. So <laughs> looking forward to it. All right. And that be said, peace, guys. Love y'all. Y'all have a great, amazing week.